What's going on, guys? Welcome on back to Second and Short with your host, Tyler Lauder. And I'm joined with our Dynasty Fantasy expert, Jason. Hey, what's up, man? Glad to be back. Uh, this is a this is turning out to be a nice little nice little forte that we've got going on. Getting some getting some good content out there, some nice hot takes on the TikTok. Loving it, man. Yeah, being being helpful to everybody out there and everything. And uh, uh, this is, of course, second and shorts production of the Cheap Seats. And the idea behind the Cheap Seats Fantasy Podcast is that. While it's very hard to see things up in those cheap seats, we're here to provide you with some dynasty football or fantasy football clarity to help you guys just get through this fantasy season. Uh, the biggest issue, real quick, before we go on to this, is kind of be like our, our dynasty clarity sub- subject, even though we're not going to have one. Um, I've been noticing so much on all over on like TikTok and like Instagram and everywhere I can watch stuff that so many content creators out there are, are taking like the softest approaches, the softest takes, the most obvious takes, like, I saw a guy do like a video and it was like running backs. I liked this season and hate. And like, it was like, he loved Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin cook, Alvin. Kamar. Like, of course you love those guys. Everybody loves those guys. Like it's, that doesn't help anybody. In my opinion, that is, that stuff doesn't help anybody. Yeah. I mean, taking the, the saying you like the top five running backs that's coming off the board. Uh, I mean, that's not what we do here. We, we dive deep. We, we get you some clarity. We get you some, some diamonds in the rough and everything so don't don't expect that weak stuff here and speaking of which today's podcast uh is about high risk versus high reward what we're going to do is we're going to use uh the sleeper apps of uh, just standard ppr leagues uh their adp that we got going on uh, based on the adp we're going to talk about in each round the top 12 in each you know group and keep going the best high risk high reward guy we have in that group so necessarily, this can apply to anybody. doesn't matter where you're drafting. If this guy falls to you in your spot, you can have a huge just gift, a treat. Christmas came early for you. Or uh, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be roster baiting after your draft. But in reality, there's too much risk there. and It's not happy. And we're going to start off with round one. Let's just jump right on it. So with an average, you know, an ADP of six, we have running back from the Indianapolis Colts jonathan taylor now why is he a high risk player in the first round well i mean one uh you know you always expect that sophomore slump but most importantly the indianapolis colts uh which we talked about on the last uh episode they have some uncertainty at quarterback on when's going down you know it's it's minced about how long is he actually going to be out and everything you're getting conflicting reports and everything but Taylor possibly hitting that sophomore slump coming into as a rookie teams didn't know how to really prepare for him. Now with that offense being a little hobbled, they're lo- they lost one of their top offensive linemen. Their uh, QB one goes down. Taylor's going to be having a real tough uh, road ahead of him. And I think six is a little high and you need to curb those expectations for him this year. I mean, especially when you consider the fact that you can get somebody like uh, Derrick Henry, Shaquan Barkley, uh, who are going to ahead of him, but also Nick Chubb or every receiver and Travis Kels is going in that range, which all those guys can be looked at as safer prospects. You know, maybe not Barkley or Chubb, but really you can get Tyreek Hill at six. That's a, that's, you know, that's safe. That's a top three wide receiver for the entire year. 
Now, the reason why it's high reward, though, is because we all could be wrong. Like, I agree with you, the fact that Carson Wentz, Quentin Nelson being out, um, the fact that there's this RBBC right now building in Indy is going to hinder him. However, he's still the most talented running back in Indianapolis. So if he gets 250 to 300 carries, uh, he gets about 50 targets, I'll say, is comfortable for me, and nobody steals goal line touches from him, he could easily finish as an RB1 this year, and your pick in the first round would be justified. Now, let's move to the second round. Second round, we got a guy that I feel like is high risk, high reward. Every single year, he's every year, every year, no matter what. Uh, who are we talking about now with an ADP of 18? Uh, that would be Mr. Joe Mixon, who is a love-hate player that I have. I mean, uh, the years I draft him, he does great. And then the injury bug bites him, and it tanks my season because I'm relying on him to be that that uh, high contributor on my team. The years I don't draft him, he slides a little bit. Somebody snags him a little bit later after me, a pick or two after me, and he has a high reward. I mean, he produces. Uh, so I really think that he, it might be personal with me yeah. uh, that, you know, he might have some personal vendetta against me. I don't know. I mean, we might need to hash this out on Twitter or something. But that being said, Mixon is a player that can be a cornerstone of your team. Or he could be that player that you bank on that lets you down and cripples your team. So if I feel it, you know, Mixon's in, in that gray area that if you're going to take him this high, make sure you've got a uh, running back on the back end that's going to that's going to be a contributor to fill in in case he does get hurt. I feel like he's the type of running back that if you got Kamara, McCaffrey, Zeke, Barkley, somebody like you can be more reliable in the first, then you can take a risk here, and that's when it's okay. But here's the, here's the thing. Everything you said is correct, and your vendetta against him is the same vendetta that everybody else in fantasy has against him because you're not the only person that has that same story of, He's done me wrong, and he always does me wrong when I draft him, but never when anybody else drafts him. It seems like we all have the same scenario, but here's the reality of it. If he's healthy, here's his running back competition. I'm just going to look at his depth chart right now. Uh, we have uh, Samaji Pirin. Uh, we have uh, Travion Williams, rookie Chris Evans. There's really nothing there. Now, the offensive line isn't great. They have a lot of receivers. However, with that receiving core of Chase, Boyd, and Higgins being so deep, nobody's going to be looking at the Bengals and being like, let's stack eight in the box and leave all of our safeties in, in our corners on an island against these playmaking wide receivers. So he's going to have less pressure inside that box. He's going to have more opportunities to get it done. Nobody's going to take the rock from him. I mean, Buran might take some goal line carries, but really, Mixon should be third or fourth in targets on this team and should have about 230 carries this year as well. If he's healthy, he's a running back one. Simple as that. And you're going to get him in the second round. If you decided to go Tyree kill Devonte Adams, and then you come back around and get Mixon and he plays 14 games, you could easily be winning your league this year. Now let's hey, go. Gotta, oh, go ahead. Well, real quick. You got to throw in Cincinnati doesn't have a tight end either. So those screen passes to Mixon out of the backfield are going to be a, a major contributor that makes him one of the, the third uh, receiver on that team because they don't have a go-to tight end 
to like match up against those linebackers. So some swing passes, some screens and stuff are going to be a major factor for him to contribute to your team. And some safer options getting drafted around the same area as Joe Mixon are receivers, AJ Brown and Calvin Ridley, as well as another running back in JK Dobbins, or maybe you sneak in and you get a tight end like Darren Waller or George Kittle. Those are some safer options for you as well. Now, moving on to the third round with an ADP of 32, we have running back Miles Sanders from the Philadelphia Eagles. Miles Sanders last year in bursts looked fantastic. He was able to boom a lot. However, I think he busts a lot. Um, I'm not even going to pull up the statistics. I'm just going to pull from the top of my head. I have him in a couple of leagues. I feel like there are more games that he has 12 or less rushes than he does 12 or more rushes. And in those games that he has like nine rushes, he breaks one off for 80. So you're like, oh man, he had a great week. Not really. I mean, those yards still count. That touchdown still counts. And, you know, but realistically, he's one of these guys that honestly could boom for you any week. But due to the low numbers and volume, he could bust just as easy. It's a coin flip for me. Yeah, with, with Sanders, uh, this is a, a really good example like you just put out. He can have 15 carries. 14 of those carries could go five yards or less. One carry, he could break off for 80. That's going to make his stat line skew. Uh, and I think, you know, the addition of, of Gainwell in there kind of hurts him. Uh, I don't think that that gives you uh, a lot of security having Sanders. Now, do I like Sanders as a player? I've got a couple of shares in him in a couple of leagues. Uh, I like him, but he's my RB3. He's my flex. Uh, he's somebody I can roll out in that situation. I'm not relying on him as a major contributor team because of that skewed stat line. Because if you you look at if you're just looking pure stat line, you're going to think he's having these amazing production. Exactly. But then when you when you look at the plays he got the production, you're going to see the the real uh, Miles Sanders. I feel. Yeah, and the biggest issue too is like you talked about Kenneth Gainwell, but they also brought back Jordan Howard. They also saw Boston Scott there. They have two reliable tight ends, which means in the red zone, those are guys that are going to be taking care. I mean, you can't tell me that you could have Miles Sanders from the three-yard line or you could do a little out route to Zach Ertz. What are you going to go with? And in my eyes, that the tight ends are more reliable. And we don't know what's going to happen with the quarterback position. We don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to run the ball more. Lots of things can happen. And the fact that you could turn around and you could get a guy that has wide receiver one upside in Allen Robinson, Terry McLaurin, uh, maybe you even snag your quarterback early, which I'm not a big fan of, but you can get Josh Allen, who is gonna, who is my prediction, is the going to be the MVP of 2021. If he is, that means he's probably going to be the quarterback one in fantasy as well. Uh, they're just guys that are, have, are, are more safe than Miles Sanders. Granted, that, it, that, that bite of candy is great, but every now and then, it gives you a toothache. You just got to be real. It's reality. So let's go ahead and move on to the fourth round uh, with an ADP of 42. Let's talk about your guy. Uh, yeah, let's, let's call it my guy. Uh, this is where Rookie Fever kicks in, and I have a very nice hot take that will be going up uh, really soon, and we're going to be talking about Kyle Pitts. Um, I think that this is one of the riskier uh, picks uh, at the tight end. I think that people see his situation, see his physical attributes, but you need to taper that off because he still is a rookie. And acclimating to the NFL 
from you know the SEC. I mean, everybody talks about how great the SEC is. Still, there's some there. The worst NFL player can still be dominant in, in college. Um, so you got to taper those and things. And like like we said previously on the show, losing Julio definitely hits it. Now the volume will be there. Don't get me wrong. The volume will be there. Matt Ryan's arm is depleted. The, you know, those Julio targets got to go somewhere. It's going to go to Gage. It's going to go to Pitts. I just think that he does not have the separation and the ability to separate from some, some of these upper tier linebackers that he's going to face and be a production. I think you're going to, uh, it's going to be similar to Sanders. You, I think you're going to have one big play, but his stat line is going to be skewed because of one big play. I think he's going to be a dink and dunk. Now, he's going to be a, a, a full PPR monster. I believe that. But outside of that, I don't think he's going to, I don't think he's going to produce. I think the biggest issue is that looking at him in college, he, you know, he doubled his touchdown type of guy, and he's able to do that, and that's great. However justifying at an ADP of 42, a guy like Kyle Pitts, who needs to produce touchdowns at a, at a tight end position where the tight end four, the tight end five, the tight end six are going to be separated by 20 points. Really nothing. A whole round later, you can get Mark Andrews. A whole two rounds later, or another round after that, you can get TJ Hawkinson. And a round after that, you can get Dallas Goddard. Any of these guys could be the tight, tight end four at the end of the year. They really could. So I can't justify taking that when... It's I, the the risk reward is, is is too sweet for me. However, if he is one of these guys that is touchdown dominant, gets double digit touchdowns, you know he pulls up a hundred targets and snags in seventy plus balls. We're all gonna look foolish and seem like, oh man, what a what a great player here. However, the chance of that happening in his rookie season is very slight. Rookie fever is real. Stay away. You can get somebody like Travis Etienne if you want a rookie instead, who has the same upside as a pass catcher but he also is going to run the ball. I also like guys like Cooper Cup and DJ Moore who are going after him, who I think are more reliable, are going to be more reliable in the passing game for their teams. Now, fifth round with an ADP of 72. No, sorry, 52. ADP of 52. Let's talk about wide receiver. We haven't talked about one yet, really. I mean, kind yeah. of like Kyle Pitts, but not really. Let's talk about Adam Thielen. He had like, what, 14, 13 touchdowns last year. He's getting drafted yeah. as the wide receiver 21. But normally when you get double digit touchdowns, regression happens. And this is a guy that you brought up. And uh, I'm a Thielen guy. I like Thielen. Do I like him uh, to, to anchor a wide receiver core? No. Uh, he's very touchdown dependent. He is one of those ones that he's going to catch uh, those, those little out routes. He's going to be one of those people that moves the chains. But his production and his fantasy points are going to be very, very touchdown heavy. Double digits last year. He's got another year of age on that body. He's not. A, he's not young. Thielen is 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 on the in the twilight of his career. Whether anybody wants to admit it or not, and you have to take that into effect. Every year, year in the NFL, your veterans get a half a step slower. And rookies get a half a step faster, and that gap closes. Uh, that's what you got to taper. And plus, they have Kurt fucking Cousins. I mean, that's enough said right there. I mean, if you got to rely on Kurt Cousins to to be your, to bail you out every week, throwing to a receiver, 
You need to taper expectations. And I think with the news of Justin Jefferson getting hurt, and we don't know the full status as the time of recording this, we know by the time the episode drops on Thursday, the news might be out. He might be fine. But let's say he's looking to miss some time. Adam Thielen's going to get pushed up even higher than the wide receiver 21. For me, that's an issue. The reason why it's an issue is because we have guys like Robert Woods, who normally finishes on average over the past like five years as like the wide receiver 13, 14, getting him in the fifth round and almost a wide, borderline wide receiver one is gold. Also, CeeDee Lamb, who's supposed to bust out, um, Jamar Chase. I'm not a big fan of taking Jamar Chase this year, but you know, a lot of people like his upside. Uh, we also have Tyler Lockett, who is Russell Wilson's favorite target. Yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a big Lockett fan. I mean, uh, especially with the the DK Metcalf uh, drop issues, I, I think Lockett uh, gives you a, a good upside there, and you can get him just as in that same in that same range as Thielen, and you're going to probably get better if same if not better production. Exactly, I think there are safer options around him. However. If Kirk Cousins still sticks to and Adam Thielen's got another year or two in him of being touchdown reliable, and he can have another nine plus touchdowns, he'll justify his placement here. Now, let's talk about a guy with an ADP of 72, another one of your guys. And we're in round six now. Let's go back to the running back position. Who are we talking about? The high risk, high reward. Uh, we're going back to the Atlanta Falcons and talking Mike Davis, who, um, I mean, Training camp OTAs, the hype is real. Uh, everybody's saying, oh, he look what he did in, in the absence of Caffrey. That's why Atlanta signed him. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think that he's that the guy in Atlanta. I think uh, Atlanta's going to make a move to try to come out and get somebody that can compliment him. I think you're going to see a running back by committee uh, before the end of the year that's going to make take his um, – stock way down uh and i think that you can get mike davis as a as a plug and play by week uh and that's perfectly fine if you're getting mike davis and thinking that he's going to produce as your rb2 week in week out uh i've got i've got another thing to tell you because that's not going to happen i he, he's not going to be a focal point at offense. We talked about Kyle Pitts earlier. Um, you lost Julio. Uh, so, I mean, the only proven player you have on that team is Ridley. And that I think that's a problem for Atlanta. Um, will you get garbage points? Yes. But I don't think it's going to be the garbage points you want because when you're behind, are you going to be running the ball or throwing the ball? You're going to be throwing the ball. You're not going to be relying on your running back to produce. So that's what the issue I have with Mike Davis. I don't think he's durable enough, and I don't think he has uh, the upside to be taken at his current ADP. Yeah, and the Atlanta Falcons also made a, a point, too. I mean, they're kind of the running back group is all kind of brand new, and they got rookies in there like uh, Javion Hawkins and Akila Puntley. Uh, but they also have returning, uh, what is his name, uh, Quadre uh, Olson. Olson. Um, but Olson. Here's, here's the free agent signing that nobody's really talking about is that they did bring in Cordell Patterson. And Cordell Patterson, as of late, has been used in those goal line situations as kind of like a power back. That's that big body guy that can kind of push through and get you those goal line touchdowns that you need. 
if that happens, he's going to take those away from Mike Davis. That's an issue. If we think that Pitts is going to be this like, you know, this like a uh, safe check down guy for Matt Ryan instead of Mike Davis, that's an issue. If they're down in games, Calvin Ridley's going to be getting the ball more and more targets, then they're going to be running the ball. That's an issue. However, we could be wrong here. We could be very wrong because even in a limited usage, Carolina was down in a lot of games last year, but Mike Davis was still able to be a top tier running back picked up off your waiver wire. And in the sixth round, if you can get a guy that has the potential to be a borderline wide receiver or sorry, borderline running back one slash two, it makes sense. However, there's so many external factors. Also, he's hasn't, he's never done this before. Last year was the only time, and it was really only because there was a great system in Carolina that allowed the running back to dominate. Simple as that. And so the risk-reward is super high there. Now, this is a very risky round. Round six is like my least favorite round in all of like this whole year yes. for redraft because there's so many guys that are risk-reward. I can't tell you that there's like better options for you to take necessarily. I think that you can go with, I mean, Melvin Gordon, potentially safer, but riskier. Uh, Javante Williams, also in Denver, could the same thing, risk-reward. The safest person probably in the sixth round right now is tight end TJ Hawkinson, realistically. Uh, but everything else that, outside of that, there are receivers that are either rookies, they got drops, they're coming back from ACL injuries, they have a brand new rookie quarterback, uh, they're now the third option, and all those guys are Devonta Smith, Deontay Johnson, Brandon Ayuk, Odell Beckham Jr., Juju, T. Higgins. There's a little tiny red flag next to all of them. But let's move on to the seventh round. We got two more rounds to talk about here. Uh, and I kind of just like hyped up a bunch of receivers. Uh, and going at pick 76 is Cortland Sutton. Now, last episode, you and I both kind of hyped him up because it's kind of yes. crazy that Devonta Smith is getting drafted ahead of him. And that's because of the, the high reward that we have here that we think Cortland Sutton can come back from this ACL tear and be a thousand yard receiver, get 70 plus catches and grab five, six touchdowns and be the guy. Here's the issue. We don't know who the quarterback is. We don't know if it's Teddy Bridgewater and now Sutton doesn't have chemistry with him, or we don't know if it's Locke and he has chemistry with Locke, but then Locke gets benched three, four games in. We don't know. Their quarterback situation is so unsettling. Him coming back from an ACL injury is a worrisome that that's where the, the high risk comes into play. Oh, I think, I think Sutton is a great reward player right here i like like you said me and you are in love with him and his adp currently uh getting him this late in your draft uh, and hypothetically he's going to be either your uh wide receiver two or three or a flex uh you're going to have that good reward the risk like you said quarterback situation teddy bridgewater i i like a lot better than a lot uh drew lock but the chemistry's not there uh, it could be. I mean, you know, they've got a month to work together. They could develop that chemistry. They can work, work some something out. Uh, you know, it, they may click, and we we don't know it yet. Uh, they're Denver's holding everything really close to the the chest on who their quarterback is going to be, what what they're seeing. You don't see because you're not seeing any hype coming out of Denver. That's what worries me. The injury for a skilled player such as a wide receiver. Uh, we, we're going to see this with Sutton. We're going to see it with OBJ. An ACL tear is worrisome. It's, uh, not a because... it's, it's not a death sentence anymore, though. Like It's not the 80s or 90s, early 2000s. Like, it's not a death right. sentence, but 
still, it changes you. Yeah, it changes the style of play. You you could have you could have a complete burner before an ACL, and then go to a possession and a more um, savvy receiver after an ACL. So you know, because the physical aspect, he can be strong physically. You got to incorporate that mental aspect too. Do are they scared to push themselves to the limit that they once before before the injury? And that's a big question mark we have with Sun. And here's the thing: this is reality. This is round seven. Granted, after you get past like the fifth, sixth round, everybody's kind of like a risk reward in some way. But here's the thing: realistically, I'm gonna pull my strategy right now. Other people can know it's fine. But if I have a successful first six rounds, I came away with both starting running backs both starting receivers, my flex, which is either a running back or receiver, plus whichever one I didn't get already a third of in the sixth round is my third receiver or running back. So I'm set. And in this situation, instead of taking that risk on getting a fourth receiver, or even if he's your third receiver, you can go a safe route and get quarterback eight, Aaron Rodgers. I, it doesn't really matter if you love Aaron Rodgers or hate Aaron Rodgers. He's always going to produce in that top, five to 10 quarterback range. And he can just be a guy that you're never going to sit. Does not matter what defense he plays in. It doesn't matter what stadium he plays in. You're going to play him every week. And the fact that you can get that same quarterback upside in the seventh round that other guys were getting in the second through fourth or fifth is a huge thing there. It's just less risky. Aaron Rodgers, outside of an Anthony Barr tackle from behind type thing is going to play a full season. Now let's go ahead and close out this segment. Eighth round. Uh, who we got here? We got uh, ADP 94. We got Hurts, uh, which is a huge question mark, in my opinion. Uh, everybody's hyping him up in Philadelphia, thinking that he's the second coming of Brandon Cunningham, thinking that you know he's going to be a scrambling machine. He's going to be a mobile quarterback that is going to get you uh, 500 yards on the ground, is, was throwing 3,000 yards for uh 30 touchdowns uh taper expectations uh there's a lot of rumors going around that he may not even be in philadelphia pinning some legal issues with a certain other quarterback i i don't like hurts i don't like him i didn't like him in college i thought he's a game manager uh see that in him i don't see that he has that basically quote unquote it factor killer instinct that you want in your starting quarterback because this is where my strategy this is where i start looking for my qb1 that i'm going to be be able to start every week you mentioned aaron Rodgers. uh you're going to be able to get somebody like a russell wilson right here as well who mm -hmm. first eight weeks is going to be spectacular and then they're going to start hyping him up for the mvp and then he's going to fall off like he does every year That's, i love russell wilson but reality uh, so you you can look at a Russell Wilson right here. You can look at, I mean, even even sliding back, talking about the previous round, you can see a Rodgers slide right here. You've got to taper expectations. And I don't think that you can hang your hat on Hurts as your QB1 to win you a championship. Yeah, the, the, the reward is real. It, the Randall Cunningham uh, comp, I'm not a big fan of. Like, I... I I understand they have like similar kind of like builds and like they're both kind of rushing quarterback. I, I don't, I don't like 
I don't like how like we just like go to that comp right away. I'm not saying you are, but that's what the consensus is. Yeah. I don't like how they just do that personally. It's like it's like uh, Andrew Luck's coming out of college and it's like, oh, the second coming of Peyton Manning. Like slow up, guys. Yeah. Just hang on a second. Now let's let's break down the reward. He he's the starter. He plays all season. There's no there's no trading for Watson. There's no trading for whatever. There's no benching. The team loves him. Doesn't matter if they're winning or losing. And he gets 500 plus rushing yards. Throws for about 3,000 yards to the air. Gets a total combined 20 to 30 touchdowns. Fantastic, great upside. However, the the risk part is the fact that we don't know. Like, why is Philly not naming him the starting quarterback? And there's, there's, there's no benefit to not doing this. It makes no sense to me. There's nobody else there competing with him. Do they just not believe in him? Does the whole new group that came on the new regimen that came in, do they just, are they just waiting to get their guy next year? Is that the thing? I mean, like, cause realistically right now they could have two first round picks. If Carson Wentz comes back and plays 75% of snaps. If the team isn't a big fan of him and he's not performing like he's supposed to, then he could be benched early. The biggest problem with him not being able to perform the way he wants to or should, it might not even be his fault. He could be the starter. Remember last year, Carson Wentz was the most sacked quarterback in 2020. He played 12 yeah. games, 12 games, and he was sacked more than any other quarterback. Jalen Hurts came in the last four games, and he was sacked, I don't know, it was like 23 times or something like that, like 20 times. Philly cannot protect anybody right now. So that could prevent him from being a guy that has high upside and could be that high reward for you. And just the fact that you can get other quarterbacks or you can get these, these other guys that I feel like are better. Like, I feel like the quarterback position is not a place you want to take a risk. Personally, I want a guy that I can, I can start the whole time. And, right. and I only got to kind of switch him off on by or whatnot. That's for me personally. And yeah, and I, I'm saying I'm the same way. Um, I want that. I want that security at my QB one that I just plug in. The only time I have to sub him out is a uh, a bye week or a freak accident. Exactly, and that is going to do it for us here on Second and Short and the Cheap Seats Fantasy Podcast. Uh, my name is Tyler Lauder, joined with our fantasy dynasty expert Jason. Uh, be sure to check us out. You see all below us, right below our videos and everything. We've got our TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles down there. Follow us on all formats to stay updated on everything. We post updates of everything on Facebook, daily videos and content on TikTok, including real NFL news plus fantasy dynasty. On Instagram, we got some cool graphics from our guy Aaron over in the Middle East, providing some great pictures for us. And then we also got. Over on Twitter, we got polls going up every other day. We got responses to fans. We're going to help you guys out with your trade questions. If you guys have a question, tag one of us, tag both of us, and we'll spread it out there. We'll answer back to you. Hit, hit us up in the DMs. Yeah, I mean, you can hit me up at tzley822 uh, on my Twitter. Make sure that you also include uh, Tyler. And we will definitely give you the advice. Uh, it's non-biased. I mean, you definitely have a non-biased uh, approach here because we want we want our listeners that as long as they're not in leagues with us, we want to, them to carry this knowledge on and win their leagues. Uh, some big money leagues, some some just bragging rights. Uh, I know that there's leagues out there that have punishment leagues, uh, and that I love seeing. So uh, we want you to be have the insider edge, and that's why we provide this content for you. Exactly. And that's going to do it for us, guys. Thank you all for listening. And you guys have yourselves a great night.